My name's Kendra Houseman from Out of the Shadows, and you're about to listen to a series of interviews that took place over nine months. I want to know what life would be like for a child that had been through domestic abuse, parental mental health, poverty, and exploitation, to name a few. What would happen if we created a team, an army almost, to support that child? 28 people were interviewed, all with the same question in mind. What could have been different for child B? You're about to listen to Blondie's People. So follow us on our journey where I will speak to everyone from George the Poet to some of my good friends as we discover what it takes to become one of Blondie's people. Within these episodes, you will find answers, you will find guidance, and most of all, you will find an insight to a world that many do not know. There's a trigger warning for some of these episodes, and some of them are not child-friendly. We're going to talk about things that are very, very raw and real. So kick back and get ready for a journey, a journey you will not forget. Welcome to Blondie's People. Welcome to episode two of Blondie's People, the one about hope. We're going to speak to Luke, who works in Essex with young people and uses solution-focused brief therapy to support the young people that he works with. Hope is something that children like child B sometimes don't have a lot of, so it was important to get a foundation, and that foundation started here. So get ready for the second part of our journey. Okay, this is a bit exciting. So, I'm Kendra Houseman from Out of the Shadows, and these interviews are called Blondie's People. Luke is one of Blondie's people because when I was promoting um, one of my campaigns, he put out um, a message and spoke about it and just promoted what I was doing. And I was like, who is this man? What is he doing? So who are you and what are you doing? <laughs> so uh, uh, my name is Luke Golden McSorley uh, and I'm a social worker in Essex. I'm from Essex, always lived in Essex and uh, now a social worker in Essex in a uh, an educare secondary service in social care um, that uses solution focused with kind of all range of young people and families um, from children on the edge of care to try and keep them staying at home to um, children coming out of care to return to kind of families and things and, and even now I'm part of a project kind of working with young people around like um, their emotional well-being and supporting them with that and I and we started a Twitter feed a couple of years ago um, and yeah so from there, just been doing stuff and trying to connect with people in that way. What well, what is solution based therapy? I've, I've looked into it, so I sort of know what I'm talking about. But if you had to explain it to people, they never heard of it. What what is it? So um, so people like just to just use like different titles for it. Kind of mostly what, what I use use it when I'm talking in videos and stuff. So kind of solution focused approach, solution focused brief therapy. Um, it's a talk, it's a way of talking with people mostly. So it's kind of a way to have conversations and with anybody about any thing that they're going through or have been through. Um, and it kind of gives some structure to that. I think probably to me, it's quite a bit more than just so you can learn some questions and stuff. I think it's a lot more in that it's a way that we view people. It's a way I look at everyone I speak to, the kind of values I hold about them and the way I see them as kind of people with possibility and things going for them. And, um, and that they've kind of got this endless ability to make change and, yeah. and solution focused really allows that to come through in kind of how we talk, how we have asked questions and have conversations. So I guess it's like a, a method, I suppose, to help conversations be useful to people. It sort of sounds like it's like a holistic support for people. It sort of looks at a lot of things to help them get where they're going. Is that kind of where, we're, where it is? Yeah, yeah, it kind of, it's really, 
it's it's so it's really simple it takes a bit of practice and a bit of getting mm -hmm. used to but it, in essence it's simple in that it asks people about what it is they want from talking or from meeting with someone or from working with someone and then it asks questions to invite them to think about how life would be when they've got it and and recognizing their resources and the strengths they already have the things they've accomplished already the survival they've had the way they've got through things and how they would be able to use all that in getting to the next thing they want to achieve um, so it's really just a series of that sort of thing asking about how they would know it was helpful and then talking about all the ways in which they get there and it really is kind of based upon that idea which i think i love about it is that um it holds that the, that's possible so all i need to i don't have to tell someone how they're going to get there or give them my best tips or ideas because i'm only like luke who's an expert of luke i don't really know lots about everything else so it's like uh, it's questions to help someone use everything they know about themselves to get to where they want to be. And the conversation helps that. In terms of like, so as, as a social worker, contextual safeguarding, can you use it in that context? Yeah. Can you use it when you're trying to safeguard someone? Yeah. So if obviously there's the, the kind of things which we, which in like indeed in the service I'm part of, I think we do really well, which is we have to hold two hats, I suppose, in that safeguarding always comes first, so kind of safety and immediate safety. Um, but alongside that, which comes with contextual safeguarding, I've worked with lots of young people, and my favourite young people to work with are teenagers, so that fits with lots of what they're going through, um, is that alongside that imminent kind of safety and safeguarding picture I hold, is that this conversation and work really helps them to recognise yeah. their strength and their their power and and their place in the world and how important that is and something I like I had conversations so often about with young people in those settings is how the conversations help them to put themselves up the list of priorities that they are seeing themselves as right near the top yep. of that list rather than nearer the bottom um, so I think it works really wonderfully and especially because you start from a place of so you tell me what would be useful about this like if we're going to you, if you're going to waste your yeah yeah and it's it's kind of like Lots of people want to talk with kids and young people all the time, and I start by saying, "Let me make sure I'm not going to waste your time. If I wasn't wasting your time and this was helpful, do you tell me what you'd get from it?" And that that makes such a difference. And you start building, and that's even when there's lots of going on in terms of contextual safeguarding and and that kind of side of things. When I was a young person, the worst thing that a social worker could do was talk at me, or um, professionals tell me that talking to them would make things better. And I sort of think to myself, "How?" And so what you're explaining yeah. there um, is, al is almost empowering. If I was a young person, you're empowering me to, 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 to bring the word to the table in the first place. You're not talking at me. It just sounds like yeah. something that is not, is, is something they'll take on through their whole life with them. They'll be able to sort of do to themselves, or hopefully. A million percent. I, want, I always like, I like to think that I've got the lightest touch in someone's life as I can possibly have, recognising that I am going to, have a footprint on them because yeah. you can't avoid it in some situations but equally i want to be kind of the least important person in the room when i'm talking it should be them that's the kind of most important voice and, and yeah. most important thing that they're talking about and that they might remember that it was really nice talking to luke but they don't remember that luke did anything particularly clever is that when it, my success i tend to feel like if someone comes away and they think oh, i did i did a lot to achieve that as in them and yeah. luke was there and it was quite nice and he was quite friendly and he asked me some good questions helped me to think then they can recognise they did all the hard work and yeah. they achieved everything and any success comes down to them, that's a good intervention. 
Have you had much interaction with your, the people that you work with due to lockdown? So are you able to talk to them over the phone or have you had no contact? Yeah, no, still have quite a bit of contact. To be honest, there's lots of young people that I've, I'd spent a lot of time turning up and trying to see them that wouldn't talk to me. And now I speak That's to real. them on WhatsApp and on calls more than before. Yeah. So there's a particular a few that come to mind straight away that I remember, what, remember thinking, God, it's like I'm chasing them down the street, never getting anywhere near them. And now I speak to them every week, bang on, same sort of time. And we have a call and, or a video call. Um, so there's some really wonderful stuff, I think, coming out of lockdown that um, I think I hope we take on into the future without it, that um, it gets us closer to young people and to how they want this service to be for them. Because like you said, um, I work for them in terms of when, when I'm working with a young person, I work for them, not um, that I'm their kind of, they, they're my boss, I suppose. Yeah, so they are. This, yeah. So if they, if they want to do it on the phone, then that's how it should be. And if they want to speak and catch up on messages in between, then that's how it should be. Are you seeing, I am personally with the young people I work with, are you seeing um, a different kind of uh, young person because of lockdown? Are people behaving differently? I think there's a mix. There's a mix. I think yeah. like we've, I've noticed a kind of a, a, a vary between some that are, I guess, managing things differently because they, I don't know, this, this need to stay in helps a bit. It, yeah. Like if they can cope with having to stay in, it really does help. And it gives them a bit of freedom to just stay in and stuff. Um, I think that's some, for a couple. I think that's really been useful to them. It's almost giving them permission to stay in yeah. and not go out to things that they would ordinarily go out for. Um, and then others, I think, are worried about it and they're anxious and it's quite hard because I think big coping mechanisms for young people were, was going out and seeing friends and stuff. Um, I know I still speak to a boy that... Um, I don't work with anymore, but he checks in every now and again, and he—it's uh, hard for him. It was a big thing. The 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 world out there helped with everything yeah. that goes on in his head and different things. And I think it's hard, so it's it's useful to check in. But yeah, it's a it's a mix, which I guess you see as well. Like there's, there's, there's yeah. both ends of it, isn't there? Uh, I mate, I keep saying that home with the tend the children to stay home, but sometimes home's not a safe place, and I think that professionals and adults we need to remember that we're saying stay home, but sometimes actually home is where the is where the problem is and i think lockdown is going to be very powerful in recognizing that in people and open up a, a new kind of way of thinking definitely yeah yeah 100 percent. lockdown has changed everything so i've written i've written my phone i think so um hashtag making hope call again i love it i just love it <laughs> so tell me so tell me how can we make hope call again i didn't know it weren't call but okay. apparently it's not because i asked if no, you yeah no. yeah I, t I spoke about hope. I, I deliberately went and spoke about hope with two young people I work with, and, and one of them said, "Hope for what?" And I was like, "Okay, so this is good." So what are you saying, Luke? How are we going to make mm. hope cool again? How are we going to make it cool again? It's so funny how that came up. We, I was doing like a talk to, so like not to young people, and um, we talk a lot about hope and solution focus because really the approach is based on hope in every way. Hoping all my questions are filled to the brim with hope for the person because I genuinely do have that and the values and principles that underpin me working with young people and anybody is filled with hope um, so we we're talking about it and then someone just said this is making hope cool again so I don't know if I think partly is just that's talking about it yeah. so you even doing you even telling talking to young people saying what do you think of hope um, and them saying oh, I don't know what do you mean you mean they've they're going to think about hope for the next few days after you've told them because you've you've brought it up um, I think it kind of half inspires my videos a lot of time because I want to talk about how um, there's a powerful thing that we all have um, 
within our grasp, which is hope. Um, and that's available. You don't have to do a course. You have to pay for it. You don't have to go anywhere. It's there. You just have to kind of uncover it in yourself again. So I think what you're, I think it's probably thinking about it. It's just talking about it again. It's raising it. It's recognizing that there's a powerful, there's a lot of stuff, isn't there? Like you must see it all the time. There's a lot of things out there that people say, try this, do that, go to this thing, go to that thing. Um, people worry that they need to have been trained in a million, millions and millions yeah. of things. I think there's a big thing that's hope. You don't have to get trained in it. You just have to uncover it in yourself and remember you've got it and bring it with you when you go and see people. Even if that means you're sat in the car before you go in and you just check and you go, right, what, what are my reasons to be hopeful about this person? What do I respect? What do I admire? What do I know about them that makes them a good person or a, a successful possibility or someone that's able to do something? Um, and that hopes back and then you just go in and you show it and that makes it cool, I think. Well, I hope, yeah. I hope. I love that. I'll tell you why. Because I think a big part of lockdown has been about hope. Because we've been uncertain about everything, you can only hope that it's mm. going to be okay. You can only hope. And I think that it's come <clears> at the right time. This, this video has come at the right time because hope has got a lot of people through some very hard times in the past seven weeks. And that's the truth because we've got no certainty. Yeah. Um, yeah, your, totally. Your, uh, yeah, absolutely. Your videos... Um, I love your videos, right? I just absolutely love them. But what made you start wanting to do them? Because you see it on Twitter, the Twitter was there, and then suddenly you've come with these videos and everyone's gone mental. So yeah. what made you want to do that? <laughs> it's a good, it's good. I like everything. I guess it's kind of like um, you know, timing and right timing. I did one because sometimes I, I, I love loved tweeting before. So the couple of years before, I loved putting stuff out on Twitter like that, that like, in words i know i kind of joined like some of your campaigns on words and things and i really enjoyed doing that too um but then i think one day it was a friday the first friday of the, of the year by by fluke that i couldn't get into enough uh, characters to fit twitter so i just ah. thought I, I was walking to the train so i made a video and even then i didn't even fit it into one video because i didn't realize twitter had a limit on that anyway so i had to squeeze it across two and then I made it. And then it was actually like one of the directors in social care in Essex. Um, I think in a reply said to me, you should make this a weekly thing. And it was almost like a challenge, I suppose. And I've been speaking to a friend that does a lot of stuff online. He way more than me. And he said, it's a good discipline and thing to practice. And you're only going to get better at doing it by practicing. So um, I almost said it as like, a, this is a mission. I'm not, I'm going to do one every Friday for the year. Um, and it's just grown from now. I think I enjoy it. I really, I do enjoy it now. And it, to begin with, it was like, oh God, oh, like no, the, the, the discomfort of it and all that sort of stuff. But actually, um, it's I enjoy it and it's good. And I, and you're surprised. And you're, I'm always inspired by people I speak with and by parents and young people and colleagues and other workers. So the inspiration in the fluke, really. I mean, when I watch them, they're very authentic. And that's what I think gets people watching them. There's nothing there that seems forced. That makes sense. And it's very unusual to get proper yeah. authentic. So that's why people like watching them. Okay. So you talk a lot about hope. So Thank what's you. your biggest hope? Yeah. That's a big question. But I'm doing it. It's a big question. Yeah, yeah. What, do you, what, um, what are you looking for that you hope for yourself? For myself? I mean, my mate, I think my hope is always to keep enjoying work that I do and enjoying working with people. Um, and I think probably attached to that is the hope that um, things can keep changing. So that's not, I'm not talking about, because I know things can always change in individuals' lives, but 
I'm pretty keen on bigger things changing and um, and wider changes and us all evolving and changing properly and together and organisations and areas and, and big groups of people changing. So my hope is that I can still keep enjoying it, but I'll hope that change, change can keep going as well. And that includes like bigger changes and changes and, um, and being able to share and spread things about practice. So my main thing is about enjoying work. So I, I love the work that I do. I love working with people and young people, especially. Um, so I want, I hope that carries on as long as possible until I'm too old to do it. <laughs> until I'm, until I'm no longer making hope cool and I'm making it uncool by talking about it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I think that's the main thing, but hope that things can keep changing and developing because that's, that's important to me too. It's hard as well because you, I always say that the day I go to work and I no longer have that fire in my belly, I, I won't do that job anymore because the, the roles that we have, you have to go to work and, and give your 100% or more. There's no way around it. You can't just rock up and, and not mean what you're doing. So it takes a lot, doesn't it, to, 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 yeah. to keep that going. What, what advice would you give to people that are yeah. struggling to remain positive during this time and afterwards? Because I think afterwards there's going to be a lot of um, people struggling. So for, for your personal opinion, yeah. what would yeah. you say? I guess for people working with people, so people that, I guess um, the thing to remind each other of and remind ourselves of is that we're doing it, we, ju- we chose to do this for a reason. Um, and that is a powerful thing if you actually get connected back up with it so if i was working with someone and i would just remind them you chose this for a reason there's lots of other jobs and lots of other much better paid jobs i think some people would say right. and so i think people's superpowers is that they picked this thing helping people um so so i guess yeah it's, it's to remind themselves of why they chose to do it and the things that they've seen and the successes they've had and what they feel pleased that they've done and they've managed and then the same goes for the people that we work with i just I just start kind of remind them to connect back with that version of themselves that got through it. I think it's the main thing that they did get yeah. through it. They're still stood here, even if it's much worse than it was before, they're still stood here enough to be able to start again and, and think of new things. So um, that's the thing. That, that's also the good thing about hope. I think when positivity can, can wane and can go away altogether sometimes, because sometimes you can just be fully negative yeah. and feel that way. Um, hope doesn't. There's always a little bit of hope. Because if, unless everything completely stops, yeah. then hope is at zero. Otherwise, it's, it's still something. There's still even like the tiniest decimal place of hope. So that's what I like is that there's always some, even if it's really near the bottom of the tank, there's some. I think that's a really good message because I think people might be clutching at straws now. We, we don't know where we are. Who knows what's going on? But to just know there's a little bit of hope, in, if that's all you've got, it's enough just to get you through the day. That will do. And, and that will do yeah oh yeah yeah have you learned anything about yourself during lockdown or about or from others have you learned anything about other people i've been quite surprised i've seen stuff in people and i've been like oh okay i didn't know about that so have mm. you learned anything about yeah. yourself oh this is a good question um did you think you did you cope the I same think- way that you have no i think yeah, i think that's it i think it's the adapting I didn't think I'd adapt so easy because I, I need that physical contact and seeing people and being in, I would never usually um, choose to work from home or, or base from home or base from somewhere and not surrounded by people. Um, but 
it's worked it's working all right and you kind of made the best of it and kept going and kept doing those things that i guess keep reminding myself of the things i like about what i'm doing and the importance of it and the importance of the people yeah. we meet with and talk with um and i think i've and i've also i think i've learned the same thing about everybody else. i'm like so impressed like infinite and i think my last one of my last videos i said about just how proud i was to be surrounded by kind of social work and social care because it's an, there's an impressive amount of stuff and in, in Essex I can only speak to Essex but like what people are still able to do and meet with people and support people during something that's never been seen before if you did stop properly and look at it you would have, do nothing but be impressed to think wow that's, that's an impressive thing to have done so yeah I think it's a nice thing to learn that we can it's also nice to learn that we can adapt quickly because I yeah. think sometimes people think that everything is like a really big ship that takes 10 years to turn around and I don't think I think we've learned it's not no we just have to adapt so, and that's everywhere well we have to adapt we've done it and and, and everyone has done it is not one person well, however they've coped with that they have done that so I think the biggest thing I've learned um, from lockdown is adaption from I'm watching it from everyone and I'm thinking okay that's interesting because I know people that are very yeah. set in their ways and they've been managed to go and, and do that yeah well, hopefully, yeah, yeah, hopefully yeah, for you, not a lot will change because we're watching your videos and you can do them lockdown or not. So Twitter's still going to get your videos. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The videos aren't stopping. I'm not going to stop now. I've got, I'm almost halfway oh, through. We're almost halfway through the year, so I'm going to, I'm going to get to the end. Definitely. When's your next, is there a set date that your videos come out? Fridays, so I've stuck to Fridays pretty much. I do the odd like extra one if there's something like I can't bear to not record a video yeah. about. But um, yeah, every Friday there'll be a video. What kind of time do you put them out? Do you put them out at a set time? Oh, yeah, yeah, this, I mean, this is that's a really good question because I do. It's the mornings I usually send them out, but I mean, there's probably someone out there and let me know if there is that's really good at like marketing and like timings of Twitter and stuff. Let me know when is a better time because. I guess, and just put it out in the morning. Yeah. Who knows? Anyone watching this that knows at what time we should be putting our tweets out, can you let us know? Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, this is, I've loved speaking to you. It's mad because I've watched your videos and it's like meeting a celebrity. Now you're talking to me. I'm like, oh, it's Luke. Uh, the videos. <laughs> How did you no, find that? I, I think it's the same back the other way. I think it's the same the other way. I'm so I was can't believe you asked me to join. Yeah, it's great. It's really, I'm really really pleased to be able to speak to you. And yeah, I'm chuffed to be part of it. Oh, I'm so pleased, honestly, because your your input has been massive. So when I approached you, I was thinking, oh, I don't know if you want to do it. So to be able to do this, and we wouldn't do this if there was no lockdown. It wouldn't have happened. So here's another positive to come out of lockdown. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah.